May 27th, 2016, this is Hyphenation, and I'm your host, Kellen Conley. Back to back, like Drake did Meek Mill last summer, and Drake might have to do again because Meek Mill won't let it go, but I'm not talking about that. Beautiful morning here in Morgantown, it's not raining, coming to you live from the Kroger parking lot in the Suncrest Town Center here in beautiful Morgantown, West Virginia. I gotta be at work, as usual. I never... I think I should be allowed to be late for work doing these podcasts. I think I should be able to sit here, do an hour, which would be until about 10 o'clock, and then go to work. Clock in like 10.15. And then not say anything. Like, why were you late? Podcast. Oh, excused. <laughs> Uh, yesterday, when I was recording episode 12, which is on iTunes now, and can be found at all hyphenation retailers, which would be behyphen.com, podcast.behyphen.com, tricycleoffense.wordpress.com, as well as Stitcher, and iTunes, and Mixcloud, and YouTube. Yeah, I did all that last night. Hyphenation 12, the one where Wade and Jessica meet. I don't remember the title. It's kind of clever. I liked it. But anyway, I was sitting at work on my lunch break finishing off the episode i know y'all can't tell because the way i edited it was so smooth that it sounds like one continuous conversation because i no longer tell y'all when i'm going to do a break and then come back and do the rest later i get a phone call from my job and i'm like oh crap did i do something wrong did i leave something out did i not lock something is there a situation so I look at it, I'm like, I'm not answering that on my, I'm on my lunch break. It can't, it like, there's no reason for them to have to call me right now, is the way I'm thinking. So I, then I was like, uh, but what if it's important? So I take my, my headset off, because I was sitting in my car at the parking lot at work, recording. Take my headset off, go to answer my phone, and I just missed it. So I didn't worry about it, I kept on rolling through the rest of the show. And then I was sitting then I went back inside after I was done, and I started asking, "Does anybody call me? Anybody call me?" Turns out my boss could see me from her office window because we traded offices, so she now has the back office, which you can see the back of the parking lot and where I was parked at. And then my coworker Valerie, who's a friend of the podcast as well as her boyfriend, fiance, husband, Colin, who's a fan of Hyman Nation, um. She saw me out there, and she's like, oh, what's Kellen doing? And uh, they saw the headset, and they saw me waving my arms because apparently I got rapper hands when I do the podcast sometimes. I know I did at one point have my hand out the window yesterday um, trying to talk. And they were like, what are you doing? Call him. So they called me, and they, they interrupted my podcast, but I edited it out. So ha. And then uh, Valerie tried to explain to my boss what a podcast was, and Valerie realized I was podcasting after she had told her to call. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Update on the house for all of those of you 
all of those of you who were enthralled by my story of buying my first home with my wife, Angel. We are set to close now on Tuesday, May 31st. I'm not holding my breath. But we may actually have a home again by this weekend. Praise Jesus. Seriously, praise Jesus. Thank, thank you, God. And the views of Kellen Conley and Hyphenation are his views only. So if you're listening to this, you're like, I don't like God. I don't believe in that. I can't believe he's doing that. That's your. That's all on you. I don't like you or hate you or love you or, or loathe you any less. That's on you. Just want to make that clear. I ain't trying to get sued. Like I was listening to this free podcast, and and he said something about God, and I didn't like it. If I offend you, just just turn it off and go listen to the episodes with Eric. <laughs> oh man! So I got some topics. The first one I'm gonna get to. It's called lemonade. There may be vulgar language. So if you uh, are an underage middle schooler who happens to listen to my podcast, put on your earmuffs. Because <laughs> apparently there's middle schoolers that do that because they know my wife. If you're listening, I'm sorry in advance. But anyhow, beginning of April, no, I'm sorry, the week before Drake drop, dropped, Beyonce released her many her uh, her film audio visual film set thingamabob on HBO called Lemonade and what it is it tells a tale of a woman as she goes through all these things in life but mostly she sits there and just nails her husband to the wall for cheating and being a dog and how he's going to lose her and everything first point I have no problem with any woman or any potty venting about wrongs that have been done to them by their significant other. I have vented about the wrongs I did to my significant other in my music before. So I would feel that Angel would have the right to vent about things I've done to her in a public forum if she feels the need to do that. Knock on wood, I'm doing good. But The thing is with Lemonade, Beyonce, I really did like the self-titled album. I liked Four. Sasha Fierce, not so much. I enjoyed B-Day. I liked um, Dangerously in Love. I think that was the first first album, right? Dangerously in Love? Did she name it after? Whatever Beyonce's first album was, I think it was Dangerously in Love. That was the name of it. I am a Beyonce fan. Do I think that social media and her rabbit fans of the day, do I think that they have tried to make her more than what she is? That they've tried to elevate her beyond her means of where she should be. And when I say that, Beyonce has been in the game, so to speak, since 98, 99, when Destiny's Child's first album came out. She's been singing her whole life, we know. We know that she's always been an artist and a performer. He likened her to the Michael Jackson of our time. That it's that big of a deal whenever she does anything. That she's the closest thing to MJ. And 
I am hard-pressed to argue with him on that point. But here's the... Here's the thing. Shout out to Dr. Percival Cox of Sacred Heart Hospital on Scrubs. Here's the thing. You are one of the most powerful women in the world. You have a beautiful daughter who you're raising to be a self-empowered woman, I imagine, which is how I'd like to raise my daughter, and I am going to try to raise her that same way. We know something went down at the elevator a couple years ago when Solange beat the shit out of Jay in in the elevator. We know this, man, while you sat there and didn't do anything. So obviously... Things ain't all good on the home front, obviously. And that's fine. And obviously, I can sit here and say, God bless my mother's soul, but and I'm sorry, Dad, but when y'all guys were having problems, Mom was able to forgive you. She never forgot it, never forgot it till the day she died, but she did forgive you. And y'all didn't get a divorce. I understand reconciliation. I have been forgiven many times when I shouldn't have been. (laughs) Um, I'm very blessed to have my wife and my daughter. I, I feel like taking such a bold step with this lemonade project as far as going all out and berating your still husband who you've apparently forgiven for anything that he's done and y'all are still together raising your daughter together. Well, you'd still be raising your daughter together if you weren't together. But you're still married, still trying to make it work, still trying to go. Well, it's almost 10 years since y'all been married. Y'all been dating longer than that. And while this comes off as a huge money grab for title so that you can have a big album on title just like Kanye had Life of Pablo and he ran with that as long as he could and made tweaks as long as he could when that started to fade off you bring out Beyonce because Beyonce had the big tour that was announced after her Super Bowl performance or even the same day of the Super Bowl performance I get this could be a ploy and that Beyonce sat down with her husband and was like, here's the plan. I'm going to put out this album that's as flammatory towards you. You who are one of the biggest, the biggest rapper in hip hop that's not named Eminem. The biggest musician to transcend, transcend your genre to become a businessman and an actual power player in everyday business as far as all the other things you have your hands in. I'm going to say all those flammatory things about you. And then I'm going to shoot videos for it. And then I'm just going to drop it. And there's going to be a lot of hate coming your way from my fans. And you know that. Obviously, I know you don't care about social media. This could be all a fabrication of 
Beyonce's mind or whoever writes Beyonce's songs, whatever, to address what could have or could not have happened. But this is how I see it. I think Jay, yeah, when I'm talking about Jay-Z, my guy Jay-Z, Jay, I think that Jay-Z has cheated, lied to, not been the best husband to Beyonce Knowles. And while you and Joe Schmo can sit there and be like, I'd never do that to Beyonce. I mean, you say that, but you don't know. You don't, you don't know what position that man was put into. Obviously one where he was able to cheat on her or do whatever he did to her. I am not condoning Jay's actions. I don't like them. I don't. But here's the thing. Here's why I have not watched Lemonade, listened to Lemonade, and this is why I am on an anti-Beyonce tear, so to speak, where if I hear any of her songs, I will either turn it off, turn the track, something. Jay-Z is my guy. I'm a loyal person. Jay-Z is my guy. If Thomas came up to me and said, hey, man, I cheated on my girlfriend, da-da-da-da-da, I was wrong, she got me, we're on the outs, I'm not going to sit there and be like, that's cool. No, I'm going to be like, well, you know you messed up, obviously. I can't sit here and and pat you on the back for your your mistakes. And I won't do that. And I'm not doing that for Jay-Z. I do not know Sean Corey Carter, but I will not do that for Jay-Z as much as I want to. But just as Thomas is my guy, Jay-Z is my guy. So if I am out in some kind of public setting and then someone is sitting there tearing down my friend Thomas, Sorry, Thomas, just using you as an example. Tearing down Thomas for what he did in a public forum and telling his business and his girlfriend's business or to whoever in the air and everything else, I'm going to tell them, I think you should probably not talk about that. The thing is, those matters are personal. If Thomas or his figurative girlfriend came to you and said, hey, I'm telling you this in con- and because I want you to know. That's one thing. But for you to take the issues and then spread them in a public forum, this public forum being the world and social media, anybody who listens to music, I don't agree with that. And I don't agree... It, I don't... I can give her a pass if it's, if there's not something there, but there's something there. Jay has obviously done something wrong to her to warrant these records being written for her to perform and whatever input she had. I haven't looked at the credits. I keep hearing everybody say, Beyonce didn't even write her songs. She has like 10 people write her songs. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it's this personal and it's coming from someone else, that bothers me too. So while I'm sure B. Knowles is in the credits somewhere, I don't know how much 
pin the patch you actually put in lyric wise. I don't agree with her airing him out like this. I don't. If, I mean, but on the other hand, though, if this is how she got through it or if she felt like she needed to do this to get past what he's done and move on and had his blessing, I might be able to agree with it. But it's the it's the Carters. They don't say nothing. They wouldn't even admit they were dating until after they were married. So it's hard for me to come to believe to know what to believe. So here's my belief when it comes to lemonade. Jay Z did something wrong to Beyonce, not just once, but it was several times. Whether he cheated, lied, did something to her that wasn't that I mean, obviously, I violated their the vows of their marriage. Totally believe this. Instead of her being, her doing this, I'm not, I mean, I'm not encouraging her to leave, Jay. I'm not. But I just felt like it could be handled in a different way. And that's my point of view. Like, Nikki got in an argument with me because she's like, this is a beautiful album and it's one of the best things that she's done and it's so empowering to not just women but black women and all these things and I want to listen to this album. I enjoy Beyonce as a musical performer. Do I enjoy Beyonce as an icon and as a standard bearer of of music today or held up to the ranks of the Whitney's and Janet's and hell even Celine Dion's and all these other classic artists do I hold them up her up to that status no you gotta earn it like the weekend and that's always been my thing is there has to be a need for her to earn it you can't just put her there there's a reason that in dream girls Jennifer Hudson won the best one best supporting actress and Beyonce didn't win best actress because Jennifer Hudson not only proved she could sing but she also proved she could act in Dreamgirls Beyonce continued to prove she could sing but to quote Jay we don't believe you you need more people when it comes to her acting. So, even as Jay makes mentions of Lemonade on the All the Way Up remix with Fat Joe and Remy Ma, even as there's whispers of a Jay, of Jay recording a new album that will address some of the things said on Lemonade, I have to support Sean Corey Carter when it comes to this matter. It is almost June 1st, however. 
And I have been on my fuck Beyonce shit since I woke up that Sunday morning after Lemonade and the whole internet was on Jay's shit. Did he deserve that? Sure. Was he prepared for it? Sure, because Jay don't get on the internet. But from a, these are our issues and we don't need to air our dirty laundry in public point of view. I don't agree with the intent that this album was made with. Whether it was planned, whether Jay was okay. I got a ride for my guy. You wasn't there with me. When I was sitting at home in Cape and Bridge, a, a senior or a junior in high school, and the first time that I heard Reasonable Doubt, and the first time I heard Can I Live, you wasn't there with me. It was just me and Jay and the lyrics. If I ever got to meet Jay-Z, I don't know if I'd be able to form a coherent sentence or stay conscious enough to even... to. I don't know. I was pretty fucked up when Prince died. Pretty fucked up. You can ask Angel. Angel wasn't, didn't understand it. I hurt more about Prince the few days after he died than I did after Michael died, and I thought Michael was rough. And I may sound like Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> I get that way sometimes, but I'm being serious right now. I looked at Angel... We went to Dairy Queen that evening on April 21st. And I said, this is, I, I, like, I can't believe how bad I feel about Prince dying and everything. And I said, there's, there's two more artists that I know of off, to, off the top of my head that I'm going to be upset, seriously upset when they go. And that's Jay-Z and Stevie Wonder. I said, on those days, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to take that Drizzy line to heart. I never cried when Pac died, but I probably will when Jay does. Whatever it says, I probably slaughtered it. But you know what I mean. He probably doesn't feel that way now because he's always throwing shade at Jay. Don't know what Aubrey's problem is when it comes to Jay. But to reel it back in, Hove is my guy. It is almost June. The mandate on my fuck Beyonce shit will run out on midnight on June 1st. And then I will find Lemonade and finally listen to it. Because me riding for my guy for a whole month is good enough. Now I'll listen to Lemonade and I will stop saying fuck Beyonce every chance I get. But in all honesty, Jay's still my guy. all it is I feel like it was handled wrong if it was all for publicity then it worked if it was actual airing out of laundry which Beyonce felt she needed to do I understand it but I don't support it until midnight on June 1st <laughs> and also lemonade is a great drink is from is what I've been told <laughs> is what I've been told Ah, 
Warriors won game five. Anybody surprised? Steph, Steph didn't have – Steph didn't go off as much as I thought he, he uh, would points-wise. But he did rise to the occasion. He led his team to victory. If Steph played like Steph played the last two games, they lose. Because the thing about the Thunder, they were hanging in there until like the last 90 seconds. If Ibaka hits that three, then they're only down three with like 60 seconds to go. But he didn't make it. They had to keep fouling. It didn't work out. I still think the Thunder go home and win game six. Hi, guy. I'm recording a podcast. How you doing? Thunder's going to win game six. As for Cleveland Toronto, I don't know what to make of this series. This is why I don't want Toronto in the NBA Finals, though. I I never I don't have a problem with the Toronto Raptors as a franchise itself, but I just do not like these teams, man. Lowry and DeRozan and Biombo and. Whatever that V name is, I can't think of how you say it. And it's just like, I feel like, and I know they were like the third best team in the NBA since All Star break. And this is not a fun team. They're boring. It, it, this will be the equivalent. If the Raptors win this series, it'll be the equivalent of them going, of being the Nets going to the finals in 2002 and 2003. You know what the result's going to be. We're just happy to be here. Hi, guys. Hi, Spurs and Lakers. Come beat us. That's what it feels like. I'm thinking, though, that Cleveland will play much better this time in Toronto. Cleveland was in it for a few minutes late in game four. They just couldn't put it together. I don't think they will struggle as bad in Toronto. I think LeBron, I think it needs to be a LeBron game. I think he needs to put up 30-something to make sure they leave with a win. I think LeBron will have his way with him tonight. He wants to close it out. He knows that Warriors Thunder could potentially go seven. They need to get that rest in. Need to let Love... um, Heal up a little bit from whatever's bothering him. All those things need to happen. So I'm going to say you're going to see another good game tonight. Last night was a good game. I think this one will be a good game too. I think it could come down to the wire. But if LeBron goes over 30 points and then Kyrie and Kevin don't completely shut down on them again and contribute like they did in games 1, 2, and 5, then I think the Cavs in the series tonight and lock in the NBA final appearance again. So, this doesn't relate at all to basketball. But I've been sitting in Panera Bread. It's my third time this week I've sat in Panera Bread waiting to go to work. Because even though our friends have graciously opened up their homes to us, their home to us, to Angel and Aaliyah and I, I don't like being around in somebody's house when I'm staying there. I like to try to be as out of sight, out of mind as possible. 
So I normally try to get out of there right after Angel does. So I'm normally leaving their house at like 7 in the afternoon. And because of that, I've been going to Panera Bread and just hanging out there and using the Wi-Fi and drinking chai tea lattes. I actually just got a regular coffee this morning. And, you know, just, just kicking it, just chilling. And I, I'm just listening to the random things going on. And one thing I uh, picked up on was the, uh, don't want to say camaraderie, the dialogue between the, I'm not sure what the, the actual um, term is that they call them at Panera Bread, but let's just say the baristas, the cashiers, the um, the people who work at Panera. And, I mean, it, it. I think at one point I was the only one in there, either, it was definitely yesterday, I was the only person still in there besides them. And then, of course, you have your people going in and out. But listening to the dialogue between them was really interesting because, I mean, it's that same, we're doing this job and trying to make it through the day and cutting up and making jokes and making food and coffee and helping people, you know. It's that customer service repetition. And it reminded me of my old shoe department days. And, of course, from the shoe department, I have two of my best friends still, which would be Thomas and Anthony. Um, it came from that same camaraderie. But let me let me tell you something about the retail game. The retail game is no joke. The pay is a joke for what we have to go through. But being in retail or being in food service, even though I never went into food service, I know food service is a pain. So I, I just want to send a shout out to everybody who's ever worked retail or ever worked fast food or any kind of service, whether they're a bartender, waiter, waitress, um, anything that involves dealing with the public on a regular basis, which I still do in my job. One, it takes a certain kind of patience to do. Not everybody is built for this customer service life. It's easy to get your foot in the door, but then it's difficult to maintain your job there. Because some people just don't like being treated like crap, believe it or not. And that's what you get from the general public whenever you're in a retail or a food service job because they don't they don't respect you. You're working at the shoe department. You're working at Panera Bread. So what can you do? I mean, if you want to keep your job, you can't really say anything. You can't fight this old man who doesn't like these New Balance 608s and insists that the, he needs a wider version, even though you're telling him that he has the widest shoe on that you own in the store, that the store has. And I'm not, this isn't a certain situation, this is just what's coming to mind off the top of my head. You can't convince this person that his steak is actually medium because he's going to swear up and down it's medium well because the edges are a little bit more brown versus red than he would like. So if you bring him out a steak that's medium rare, he's going to say it's too medium rare. It's not medium. There's no pleasing those people. So that's the first obstacle. Then second is all the dumb shit you got to do on a constant basis just to keep the store, the 
the, the shop going. All these things that need to be done and maintained in order for this place to still work. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they ask you to do it for no pay. And then they ask you to work more hours for hardly any pay. And when you're in retail, like I was, there was commission involved. So the more hours you had, the more shoes you had to sell in order to make commission. So if you had a great week and we're only supposed to work 30-some hours and then they tack on another eight hours on your shift, you got to figure out where you're going to get that extra money to balance out. Um, Well, obviously, you're going to try to sell, but, I mean, it doesn't always happen. Some days are slow. Uh, Other days, people are only buying. uh, They don't want any help, and you can't take those sales. You're not supposed to take those sales. And the, the... the most, the one thing I'd say, I, if I had to say I miss one thing from retail, it would be that camaraderie, that dialogue that I heard them having in Panera. The laughing and joking, and because the idea that most businesses want to sell you on, and I, I feel like I'm getting my Gary Vayner Chuck on right now, but I'm not. The idea most businesses want to sell you on when you when you become an employee is that you're all part of a team here. You're not part of a team. You work with other people, but ultimately how well you do is based on how well you're actually doing unless there's someone actively hindering you from doing your job. In retail and in food service, you are a part of a team because in order for the store or bakery or the restaurant to run smoothly, you all need to A, be able to work together, B, be able to stand each other, which I guess goes in the one, in the A, and then C, communicate. Now, whether communication is done as far as straight up, hey man, can you go grab me this left right back real quick or this left shoe or do you mind helping me find this shoe? I can't find it or obviously I'm a shoe. Do you mind go grabbing that uh, uh, that order for that table over there? I'll be right over there to check on them, but I have to take this order out first because they were here first and they've been waiting. Or, hey, can you get that bleeping over there bleeping because uh, they've been bleeping waiting and they're bleeping it on my nerves. Even I have a limit on my cursing. Especially if there's kids listening, which I'm still not sure if I can verify that. It's creepy. Um, but it, it's all about the communication and open dialogue as far as what is going on and how things work. One of the things I love about uh, that movie Waiting, that Ryan Reynolds movie with them all working in the restaurant, is I felt like, especially after I started working in the shoe department, I felt like it really captured the spirit of working together on a daily basis. Yes, some of you might have a day off here and there, but most of the time, you're spending most of your time at work with these same people. And it still applies now for me. So I still have that sense of camaraderie and that communication. 
But in a retail game, it, it's just different, man. Um, it takes a special kind of person. And shout out to everybody in the retail game. And I'm glad I am out of it. <laughs> Next topic, cicadas. Have you heard about this? Get my late night talk show on real quick. So cicadas are these locusts that only come out every 19 years. The last time there were cicadas in West Virginia, or is it 15 years, 17 years, 17 years, I guess, was 1999. And I don't remember them. I remember being 16, but I don't remember cicadas. (laughs) I don't know how. But these things are crawling in certain areas of Morgantown already. They're about as big as, I don't know, a mini donut that you can get. And like, you know, you get those little packets of mini donuts. They're not that round, but I'm talking about from end, like if we're talking lengthwise, I feel like that's how big a cicada is. These things are ginormous. They're all over the parking lot over Panera Bread. Some of them are dead. Some of them are newly hatched. Some of them are just chilling. Here's the thing about cicadas. They only live for a few weeks. They don't bite. But I'm, I'm assuming soon these things, things will be flying all over the place. And I'm not looking forward to that at all. First cicada gets in my face, I might move. One of my soon-to-be former co-workers is actually going found out about these things and is absolutely terrified to have to deal with these things, and she's moving back to L.A. because of it. Actually, there's a lot more factors involved in that, but she is going back because (laughs) one of the reasons that she can list is that these killer locusts are coming. The thing is with cicadas, I, um, I I feel like I've heard it for years that cicadas are coming, they're coming back, they're coming back, and then they've never come back. And this is the first official time that they're actually here. It's almost like... Similar to uh, was it uh, the end of the world theory that the Mayan calendar and this day the world's going to end and then everybody's waiting and then tomorrow came, thankfully, each time. So, yeah, these things are nasty. They're only an East Coast thing from what I believe. I'm not researching this or anything. I think it's mostly Eastern Eastern Coast and... Maybe some of the central parts of the United States. I know the West Coast doesn't have them like that. <laughs> I'm laughing because somebody's here. Um, one of our regular customers here is here again, and he's always here. Um, but yeah, they're now out on the West Coast, and I don't know what other parts of the world this affects. I don't feel like doing cicada research. I'm going to be all researched up on cicadas by the time the summer's over. Because they're already supposed to be here. There's some in a lot of places. There's none to be found at my job right now or at my old house. There wasn't any to be found. And I hear it's supposed to be getting worse. So if you don't hear from me anytime soon, uh, it's because cicadas got me. <laughs> Oh, all right. Look, I'm gonna wrap this up because I gotta, I gotta, got things to do. I'm gonna save this. The other, only other topic I got on here, I'll even go ahead and do it. Fear the Walking Dead. 
uh, watched most of the mid the first the second season. Uh, I fell asleep during the mid season finale. I was a little tired, so I need to go back and rewatch it. Still not impressing me. I'm probably going to stick around for a few more episodes when they come back in August. I cannot recommend Fear the Walking Dead. If you are a Walking Dead fan and you wanted to pick up with this show, I will tell you not to. If you are not a Walking Dead fan and want to pick up with a show that's just getting its feet wet and just starting out still, I would still not recommend this show. I find most of the characters boring, the decisions they make stupid, and the plot is going nowhere. And that's even without me finishing the mid-season finale. So I cannot recommend The Walking Dead, The Fear of the Walking Dead. I will recommend, however, that you get on YouTube and you search Golden Girls Gospel Remix by Brighton Sheffield. He's at finally Aaron, and that's A-A-R-O-N on Twitter. This guy took the Golden Girls theme song, Thank You For Being A Friend, and he put some motherfucking soul on it. And I had to say that word on that one. I always loved the Golden Girls theme song, but he made me love it a thousand times more, the way that he sang over it. So go on YouTube, Golden Girls Gospel Remix, Brayden Sheffield, at Finally Aaron. I think he, he, his channel is even called Finally Aaron, so you can check him out there. Or just Google how black people always got put soul on something, Golden Girls, you'll find it. It's hilarious and also awesome at the same time. Final, final recommendation, Drinking Partners Podcast by Dave Bracey and Ed Bailey, based out of Pittsburgh. It's two comedians up there. I met Brett, I met Day, and I saw his show when we went to the Royal Rumble in 2014. Funny ass, dude. Check out their drink, their podcast. They literally drink craft beer on there and have a variety of guests on there. I'm listening to their episode, one of their episode 30. It's in the 30s somewhere. Listen to that episode right now. It is killing me. It has me in stitches, all the cliches when it comes to podcast. So I highly recommend Day and Ed's Drinking Partners podcast brought to you by the Epicast Network. So, if you want to support Hyphenation, please rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, and then please share. You can find Hyphenation on Stitcher. Just search Hyphenation. You can find Hyphenation on Behyphen.com, podcast.behyphen.com, and on tricycle.wordpress.com, tricycleoffense.wordpress.com. If you want to get in touch with me, at me on Twitter, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N, behyphen, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N, behyphen. Email me at behyphen at gmail.com and facebook.com slash Kellen Conley or slash behyphen. I'll add you if you don't look like a crazy person. You can find the show on youtube.com slash behyphen, mixcloud.com slash behyphen. If you go to podcast.behyphen.com, there is an RSS feed burner link, and you can put that into your favorite podcast listening device and check out the show. Much more to come, y'all. Is anywhere else the show is? Should be in your ears. Oh, and share it, please. If you like the show, you like a certain episode, share it on your social media. Let let the people know. If you want to buy something from Amazon, if you feel like going to behyphen.com or podcast.behyphen.com, click on my Amazon link and then getting on up out of there and buying you something, a little bit of money comes back to the show and I will not turn that down. But we all about fun. We all about having a good time here at Hyphen Nation. I'm rolling my windows up. 
This has been episode 13. Fuck Beyonce. <laughs> I can't call it that. Uh, I'd probably call it that with that Jay-Z song lyric. But until episode 14, y'all, have a good Memorial Day weekend. Take care of yourselves. And I'll talk to y'all later. And as always, thanks, y'all.